0: In secret, the leader, 100 metres to go. Lofty Strike is flashing down the outside, but it's the filly in secret, holding on in secret from the new market, in secret from Lofty Strike, and I wish I win. Too good James Cummings gets her peaking on the day, and she beat a very smart field. Yeah, we've seen a lot of action in the
1: three-year-old fillies' ranks of late. Cool and gadda has got a Moyer and a Lightning to her name, and, well, the three-year-olds in general, so three-year-olds Quinella this... In secret and lofty strike, They've, as I said, Cool and gatter has got the two in the bag. They've got the Everest with Giga Kick, but this, as I said, the, the three-year-old fillies have been moving and shaking a little bit. There's a good one in New. Well, there's two good ones in New Zealand. One's already come here and proven it. But this performance, champion champion filly's over. That is the performance of a champion filly.
0: Who do you want in the TJ? Her or Giga Kick or Cool and gatter, the three-year-old filly off. Don't want call and Gatter. Which of those two do you want? That's very dismissive of Cool and Gatter. Uh, 1,200. Mm. I'd gladly take her on. You gladly took on in secret. <laughs> um Well, you've got to have opinions in the game. We got that one wrong. Yeah,
1: it's um yeah, I think Giga Kick probably just ahead, but not much. That's a it's a great race.
0: The three as I said, the
1: three year olds have um there's a bit of a changing of the guard in the sprint ranks and the three year olds are stepping up. they are got a, they're sweeping their way through. You can even add the you know, Jack and I won the oar and you know, they're They're doing very well, so, um, well, good on them. But it's interesting, it's exciting.
0: Often speak to you about straight races and your concern with barrier draw is not in terms of the actual position, about drawn stand side or near side, but being drawn around the pace. Do you think that's what cost I Wish I Win?
1: No, I think what cost I Wish I Win was running into a filly who was better than him on the day.
0: Did he lose sight of it though?
1: He might have a little bit. It might have cost him getting closer, I don't think. There's nothing in the splits to you can you can say nothing concrete about unlucky losers or such. They ran fast. They went fast. It was a strong pace. Everyone had their chance. It would be a, a pretty fair. <laughs> I know we, we everyone loved to drop that. Everyone had their chance off one viewing all the time. But no, I think this is one case you can say this is a really fair result. Good, good, strong new market. The the right horses, if you like, all all pushing forward and getting into the the finish there and. Yeah, it's a pretty big performance to win it, so, you know, reprice this and I, you know, I wish I win doesn't start inside in secret.
0: What do you make of Private Eye?
1: I thought he was probably the little flat one, but then, again, I had higher expectations, I suppose. But he ran well. He probably chased along a little bit and looked like he ran well for maybe the All-Age rather than the TJ, but he'll be there in the TJ. I assume that's, we get a read, you know, the first five here will be in the TJ, won't they? Yep. Along with what probably is a good Galaxy on Saturday coming through as well. so Surprisingly, going to be one of the races of the carnival. The TJ Smith, one of the races of the mm. carnival. Who would have thought? Mm. And, yeah. of course, the champ himself going for the Sampras. He is. Which, are, I mean, the world's biggest dunno.
0: Very, very intriguing to see what Price Nature Strip does start in that TJ. Just on in secret, highest performance by a filly in the new market since gold edition in 2007. And the champion filly of the new market is a lingy. Rated 125 in 2005. Mm. She was... I think
1: we mentioned Alingi the other day because she was another... She would have won the Coolmore as well. So she did the Coolmore Newmarket Double and she was... Well, I th- it's absolutely fair to, to talk about in secret in the same terms, but Alingi was dynamite. Yeah. She was very, very good.
0: And once again, just on James Cummings, it, everyone talks about grand final trainers, but to elevate as sharply as she did off those two runs in Sydney, I admittedly caught on the wrong part of the track last start, but still... He's too good, and hence, no surprise to still see him at the top of the racing and sports trainer ranks.
1: Well, he's he's edged to second is big enough that he'll be there. For, he could have some ba- he can stomach some bad results for a couple of weeks, and yeah, those those rankings are set up to update pretty quickly. But he's very convincing at the top of the top of the tree
0: there. He's off and gone, mm. and strong, strong hand on Slipper Day.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: No, he's not slowing down. He's not going anywhere. One horse that wasn't going anywhere, the biggest flop of the week. You can take your pick between two performances at Canberra over the weekend. In Sydney and Melbourne, we struggled to find a flop, but Rinelli in the national sprint sent around six or four favourite, just a gentleman's 20 pounds off his best.
1: Well, this one got added juice that I I liked it and backed it. So (laughs) You'd signed your papers, son. (laughs) (laughs) But no, he was a a convincing and by the rules flop. he was terrible. But it was a thrilling race all the same on a great weekend for the local trainers. Not that another one is locally trained, but Wagga. At least it's a bit. It feels like a bit of a local rivalry, doesn't it? The great Canberra horse handled the truth, charging at the great Wagga horse. Another one, and Cavalier Charles looked to be absolutely bolting. He was travelling at the corner and outpunched by. Two very admirable horses in the, the national sprint. Yeah, but as I said, that was, a, that was a good weekend for the locals.
0: It was. Nine of 17 races at stayed mm. at home. And special mention, this is far from a flop, but the training performance by Barbara Joseph, Paul Jones and Matt Jones, they've produced a largo on Black Opal Stakes Day three of the last four years and he's won three times. It's a shame he never got to run as a two-year-old. He would have won the Black Opal.
1: That is a hat tip, isn't it? Yeah,
0: and they took out the Barbara Joseph Award.
1: Yeah, I mean, this carnival means a lot to the local trainers. So when they, you know, they sharpen, they take aim. And it's, ah, there's something impressive about that. I mean, there's skill,
0: right? So he won his maiden in 2020 then he won a 65 in 2021. He didn't run last year and then won a benchmark 75. So he keeps going up and up and up. Very sharp. But Rinelli was not sharp at all. Fernelli
1: was not sharp. Fernelli was flat as a tack.
0: Mm. And similar to Wolverine, nine pounds off her run in this surround. She ran second in the Camber Guineas. I mean, Wolverine
1: looks a lot better than Fernelli. Fernelli looked terrible, whereas mm. Wolverine looked the part, but that should have been rounding them up, right? And mm. the pace was strong.
0: Yep, had every possible. Last, second last, and third last ran one, two, three. And Kimberly Secrets stuck on to run fourth after leading up and looking at the pace of the race, it was a negative split. So they ran faster early than late, which means she had no excuse where she was and she might not be any good. Well, she's somewhat good. I mean, she's done other things that are good. That doesn't get
1: stripped from her record, but I know what you're saying. She uh, did them over there, not have, here. Have you got a comment? Oh, she's run over 105 here. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not winning. Leaping to the defence of Wolverine for no reason. Do you have a comment on Autumn Ballet? One of the best taboos we've seen this year, but we've seen those taboos for the most part go the wrong way. Will she go the wrong way next time? I don't think so. I think that was pretty convincing.
0: And in the right stable, i tell you what, the betting in the Black Opal was ferocious. So she was in a 280 and then ended up starting $4 and Tis Invincible, that's one of the bigger goes I've seen in a feature race.
1: Yeah, very well backed and both very well bred Mm. and well connected and turned up fancied. So had the makings of a... Without even form to work with, you had the makings of a, uh, of a strong black opal right there. And I think it is a – I don't think ratings-wise it's not necessarily any better than typical black opal, but it's better than the bad ones. Yeah. And it's um, – I think it looks like a piece of form going forward because the second horse, the years, is a friend of the show and future Fernhill winner. Exactly. Remains on track.
0: Autumn Ballet, she'll be favourite, I think, in the Percy Sykes. It all hinges on what the Phillies in the Slipper do on the weekend, but she's going to hit that fresh and, as you mentioned, one of the best performances on debut by a Philly and has her in the top 10 and not that far off learning to fly as it stands. Yeah, and learning to fly has been
1: leapt over on the weekend as well by Steel City, who she has beaten, but she hasn't run as fast as Steel City did on Saturday, So, which would be
0: interesting for the Slipper as well. Mm-hmm. The Colin Morikara Award, which jockey flushed it this weekend. The office was up and about early, the players, with Morikara and Pendrith in the top three. I don't know what Pendrith was doing up in the fray so
1: early. Surely he should have dropped himself out to last. Come flashing out, where did he finish in the end? He
0: was ridden too close. <laughs> Didn't finish off. Uh, he needs to be ridden for cover and flash home late. But the jockey that flushed it got it perfect. We don't see this... Very often, this is no markup whatsoever. You cannot ride the Rosehill fifteen hundred any better than what Mickey D did it aboard Espiona in the Coolmore. God bless him! Brings up five Group Ones this season. Coming into this season, he had five to his name. He's now got ten. He's absolutely flying. So five. No one's
1: ridden more than five Group One winners so far. Or you've <laughs> you, you've given me that look across the table.
0: So, many, why has Jay Mac ridden more than that? J-Mac just gets him. So J-Mac's had nine winners.
1: I was, I'm going through my head. I'm thinking J-Mac's got Animo and that's it. But yeah. then I suppose Animo has won a few.
0: Five for Animo, two on in secret. <laughs> oh, yeah, five. He catches him on one horse. gold Golden Mile, Madame Pomery. But Mickey D's, oh, yeah. Mickey D's record in group ones. He's only had 18 rides. Five winners. 28%. The market hasn't even expected one winner yet. And he's got five. So I'm going to give him a tick as he's going better than JMac. Well, for punters, he is. For
1: those that are um, are chasing him, yeah, he's he's getting huge results there, outlier results. Mm. Yeah, no, that's hat tip to one MD. That's good going, good going. And yeah, that is a a perfect ride. The pace is nice and strong up the the front there, but not stupid enough to let it go too far. So yeah, that's perfect. And got an absolute tune out of her. So what does that mean for that? What are we saying about that race for the future? There's another three-year-old filly, by the way. She's a Belter, it was poorly weighted against the the first two, if you like. So that that performance actually looks pretty strong from She's a Belter as well. So another good three-year-old filly, or another good performance from a three-year-old filly. But does this form mean much beyond probably the Queen of the Turf, the Emancipation Queen of the Turf? This isn't outside of mares, is it? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think this is not a a Doncaster relevant Coolmore Classic. No, would that be fair to say?
0: I think that's fair. Glad to get the money out of Espiona. I, I don't think you want to be chasing her too much after Saturday. That was her chance. Yeah. So Zoo got you ducked here. Mm. And
1: then one. So probably justified in the end ducking it because one and off the figure she ran in the far lap would not have been winning the Coolmore. Now, it doesn't work like that. You can't just pick horses up, drop them from one to the other, but that was a – But it's good for podcasting. Yeah. No, it does make good podcasting, doesn't it? So where would she have fit in? Hang on, let's do that. I think it's completely flawed, but let's do it. Oh, maybe she would run fourth. She probably probably slots in there, runs fourth. But because she, she'll go to the Doncaster off the far lap, three-year-old filly, three-year-olds, as we just said, three-year-olds are going well. The ones who are brave enough to take them on are winning against the older horses. But running down glint of silver in a steadily run race doesn't really strike me as Doncaster form.
0: The market flux for the Doncaster suggests she's she's going to be hard to beat in the Doncaster. She's now favourite, however, I, I don't agree with that at all. Hmm. I suppose. It depends if your boy Otorius is going. What's he doing? Well, he should be winning the Doncaster. But I believe he's going to run the
1: TJ on the same day, Mm. which doesn't seem...
0: He was known for the George Ryder, but Tab have him listed as doubtful, and they're pretty good at this, so I don't think he's running. He really should.
1: Renew rivalries with Animo. Mm. After a couple of years off the scene, where Animo's won 15 races, and he hasn't. Here's Um, a question.
0: Had... Had they gone with the George Ryder? I think it's a better race than the All-Star Mile. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't piece that together, but
1: probably not. I reckon yeah. it will rate higher. The winner, when Animo wins it, maybe. Mm. But Alligator Blood, V Thunderstruck is...
0: Boring. I've seen it so many times, I'm over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're looking forward to Animo V Fangirl? <laughs> and Notorious. <laughs> and also Penko. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have to take a very big step. But at least he adds a bit of intrigue. Yeah. So
1: I suppose if you're pricing up gotcha in the Doncaster as well, just looking at it and thinking about it, she's got two runs here this time around that are well short of what she's, you know, her, her peak there in the flight, which still looks pretty good, pretty good over a ram mile for a Doncaster. Yeah. So is you are going to price her up off the two runs this time or are you going to price yeah. her up off the spring peak? Ah, <laughs> oh, it's in secret all gonna, over again. <laughs>
0: I think going back through history, betting off spring peaks is fraught with danger. So I'm going to stick solid. Good
1: punters like to live dangerously. <laughs> <They do. laughs>
0: I'm surprised she's not going to the Vinery, though, and then back. But
1: yeah, but she's she's not a she doesn't strike me as an Oaks filly. They not were, like Hungry Heart last year where it's like you just got to get her to 2024. Like she's she's not a miler. You got to get her up in trip. Whereas Zuguotu, is I like, know, she's a miler, right? Mm. I think that's my read of her and her figures. Yeah. I couldn't possibly say There'd be, there's absolutely no juice in that price. Do not bet that price. But, no. But she still, she should go to the Doncaster. She sh- she should run in it and she should be an interesting betting conundrum one way or the other. I mean, it's every chance she doesn't run. She'll probably go to the Carbine Club. <laughs> Speaking of three-year-old fillies, that's where we find the Pendrith. Gee, there were some options for three-year-old fillies on the weekend. It said Wolverine managed to sneak off to Canberra mm. and get dusted the cuny we had the race at kembla grange which held up really well looked really good polygon came across from new zealand and gave us a little look at that polygon is way down on prowess over there and legato so it was interesting to see her come across and see what the betting did with her and then see what she ran and she is in the 90s based on i would say both the betting and her performance yep um but prowess ran 113 winning the bone crusher first three-year-old fin fill- more three-year-old fillies Oof, aren't they going Won the Bone Crusher, so won the Open Age Group one. She'll come across for the binary in the Oaks. So she's rated 113, which is actually a pound better than Legato. But the other option for three-year-old fillies, sorry, I'm off on a tangent here, but Pavitra ran 108, by the way, at Kimberley Grange. And Revolutionary Miss didn't have to be that good to win at Flemington. And behind her was Shuffle Dancer, who might have been that good had she been given the chance to be, but she was carved up in a farcical race. So the reason Revolutionary Miss didn't run better is because she had to Shoulder charge her way out. <laughs> oh, goodness me. And then win basically what was a 400-meter race. So she did a terrific job to pick herself up like that and win Revolutionary Miss, but Shuffle Dancer had no chance. So I reckon Shuffle Dancer is a much better horse than her record still. She had a few goes now, but I, I still think she's... There's more. There, she's she's had no real chance to show herself right off. So she's rated, what, 104? She's still she's still a... um she's 110 filly in hiding shuffle
0: dancer so Zagotcha is favorite for the vinery at this stage but doubtful prowess pavitra polygon off that win on the weekend prowess got to be mighty hard to beat yeah, or are you leaning to the Keith nolan form do you think so can so pavitra ran
1: chance? 108 yep but she and did it the right way prowess 113 so there's genuine edge there i would say prowess gets here she's healthy she's more likely to win that race than Pavitra, who I've got a lot of time. I really like that filly, but but Prowess is, um, as I said, pound better than Legato is 112. Yep. That looks pretty strong. And as I said, the numbers coming from New Zealand here have, have held up in them. Admittedly, we've only seen a couple of them, but I like what we've seen and it, what we've seen has worked. So that's, we've only got a little bit to go off, but it's nice when that little bit lines up. Yep.
0: Yeah, you'd imagine it's one of those races where both camps are going to be confident.
1: Yeah, oh, it's a, yeah, it's great that they ca- the New Zealanders coming over is um no, it's great because it makes for for great betting, doesn't it? The fear uh, the horse she beat actually was the horse that Sharp and Smart had beaten as well. So if you want to get creative, you can probably tie some you can draw some straight lines there as well. So you know we've seen Sharp and Smart here. We know that he's both sharp and smart, mm. and that's the the form that Prowess brings, which is a bit better than the Keith Nolan. It's a lot better than the CUNY, but as I said, the CUNY was not a not a race, not a race, and it's better than the Farlap. But we know Zugotcha is potentially better than that. Well, not even potentially, has been better than that. Yep. And maybe third up will be again. Well, a run behind this prep Zugotcha as well. Yeah, that's the other thing. So you probably got to be kind there, right? Yep. Talking about this, like she's had a horrible weekend. She won the yep. far left.
0: <laughs> <lap. laughs> it's because she's fallen in. Yep. Get ready. <laughs> it's time for Around the Grounds. Slight tweak. Around the Cups. Around the Cups. There were that many Cups on the weekend. You were very, very uh, – you do. had the spring in the step this morning.
1: I do love a cup. No, it's a – I think we say this as a throwaway line. What a big weekend it was in ra- – this was a big weekend in racing.
0: Saturday feels like a lifetime ago.
1: Mm. No, it does. It was a long – but that <laughs> it's a, big was weekend. a long time ago. Um, <laughs> so the Auckland Cup was at Goey and it was won by Platinum Invader. You know Platinum Invader? I do. Do you remember Platinum Invader? I think we – we're cheering for Platinum Invader in a one day. Sounds about right. Yeah. Well, he's finally, several years on, run the number. <laughs> We'd have gone broke chasing that number. But oh, he's run this a few times. He's run a hundred and eight. Which is four pounds better than Rebel Racer ran winning the Adelaide Cup. So there's your two mile cups on either side of the Tasman. So yeah, Platinum Invader. Platinum Invader beat Nerve Not Verve. You know, yeah, she switched over and across and back to well, back to Pukakura. It's usually Eelsley. Speaking of cups, how did you get beat at Warner that day? <laughs> <laughs> Had a chance, mate. Don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, Rebel Race is a story. Winning the Adelaide Cup as well. That was unbelievable. It? I haven't. We haven't got the splits for that, so we've got 104 tentative, but it, it will be. Um, <laughs> and well, that's a that's out. That's pushing. You know, that's already there's a fair bit of model error around 104. But he was purchased to to try and knock off a maiden hurdle. Is that true? He won the Adelaide Cup. I don't know. Unbelievable. I didn't think it was a terrible Adelaide Cup either. No, I mean, wasn't. people bag the Adelaide Cup every year and then they complain. They complain, they, oh, we all love staying races, and then when they get one, they bag it. So, yeah. you know. Classic uh, racing. It was a good Adelaide Cup. It was good betting. It was good betting. Amate. <laughs> I'm just talking about my own betting now. I shouldn't really talk about that. <laughs> I'm <It's> just, <laughs> just going to go off on a tangent and complain, which is not atypical for this podcast. Canberra was, oh, well, of all these cups, the best cup. Are we putting? We might be putting a little bit of local mustard on this, are we? No, 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 no. Wouldn't we're be not allowed like to do that. that. No. Uh, we're not allowed to do that, I've asked. I want all my winners boosted five or six pounds. <laughs> Arapaho. I'm saying vintage Canberra Cup winner.
0: Pre-race it looked the strongest since Blue Tigeroo, certainly on average and median rating of the field. And Arapaho has there been better form going into a Canberra Cup?
1: A few have had similar. Uh, the, there has been the odd one rocketing off a Chipping Norton. There was one that was beaten a couple of years ago with the, almost exactly the same, I can't remember. I just remember that. But he towels up. Look, he's got classic winners in behind him. A dar- well, multiple derby winner, Explosive Jack, toweled up by Arapahoe. There's a ledger winner, Sacramento. And, uh, you know, Gay likes to target her classic winners at the Canberra Cup because Hippopuss was one of the best Canberra Cup winners. He was a St. Ledger winner as well. So Anzac Day, Flemington, St. Ledger. Get your notebooks ready for a future Canberra Cup horse right there. Um, but oh so around the Cups, we'll go twat ratings. Yep. I'm saying joint best Canberra Cup winner in the, well, let's say modern era. I think I look back 15 years. That's the modern era, isn't That's it? the modern era, yeah. That's
0: where I draw my line. That's when uh, Ethan and Jake were born, so that works out well. Yeah, wow. Well.
1: <laughs> oh. Arapaho 110, which is actually not, you can even go a little bit better than that, but this this went very smoothly for Arapaho. Yep. Uh, did it well and matched Mugatu. Think it over. over. Yeah. yeah, what a Canberra Cup that was. So, do you see a future QE two? win? Is Athabaskan about to explode?
0: He tr- he looked to explode.
1: Yeah, I think it's actually. I think it's. I think it's reasonable form. Yep. As I said, it's a it's a big performance to win a Canberra Cup, and I think I think it'll work out. I think there'll be more to come out of this race.
0: And good to see Arapaho back, having ran well. I think in the Melbourne Cup for his ability.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, he's a li- he's a really likable horse, isn't he? Won a Win a Grafton Cup? Yep. won a Grafton Cup. So he goes around, he races, he races. Yep. He runs in the cups. So hat tip to Arapaho, good on him. And hat tip to Bjorn as well, because he supports the carnival. He does. Won it with Samadout as well. Well, Samadout turned around off a Canberra Cup and won a Winx. Yep, he did. Arapaho, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Won't. But. <laughs> Uh, not the only cups in the region either. Have you, do you want to we'll continue around the grounds here? Do you want to have a uh, do you want to have a stab at who ran the higher number, the Corowa or Crookwell Cup winner?
0: I'd have to say it would be Corowa, comfortably
1: by twenty one pounds. Just, just banger, eighty eight in the Corowa Cup. That's a good number in the Corowa. Good Cup. win too. Yeah, eighty eight there. That's <sighs> uh, only sixty seven Naminari, to win the Crookwell Cup. Then we keep we keep rolling. There are so many gaps. Well, well, I'll keep testing you. I'll keep testing you. So we'll roll we'll roll west yep. to the Wimmera and then into South Australia. So in South Australia, we had Penong. Yep. And the Wimmera, so over that way-ish. I mean, there's what, probably a 48-hour drive in between them. But, <laughs> and I'm saying they're in, yeah, basically the same spot, mate. Down the road. Uh, Eden Hope versus Penong. Eden Hope. Uh, by almost as far as Corrawood or Crookwell, mate. <laughs> uh, Catskill Mountains actually around 90. 90? Powerful winner oh. of the Eden Hope Cup. What price was it? Uh no don't know I've had so many bets since I can't remember my book from the from the Eden hotel that's fair that's fair just sixty five to win the the Penang Cup but it would have been a great day out Do you know what Penang's famous for I'm I'm sure you're going to tell me well I, I would assume that you you knew have you you've never been to the windmill museum <laughs> it's on the list yeah some of the I dare say the Dutch might have something to say about this but I think it's the world's premier windmill destination Penang. And, uh, Get there, partners. And in Epaulet Prince, they have a fine cup winner as well. I assume the trophy is a big bloody windmill. Have to be. Have to be. Hinamunji. Now, that sounds like we're going to the NAR circuit. But no, that's uh, that's out Hillsville. I think. I should have probably checked that. Uh, Cheeky Prince ran 63 there. So, two pounds behind Penong and four pounds behind Crookwell. But still a fine cup winner, Cheeky Prince. And then to Wong. Now, this is surprisingly... Big figure. Now, do you know Toewong on the Murray River there? Of course. Did you know, here's a racing fun fact, they've been racing at Toewong since 1871. What? And it has the oldest freestanding grandstand in Australia. Can you sit in it? I wouldn't sit down hard. (laughs) (laughs) But they wouldn't have been sitting in it on Saturday. They would have been standing and roaring home as Elvina ran to 85. That's a good... To win the time... And this is time-honoured. That is time-honoured. Time-honoured Towong Cup. Where does that sit
0: in the last sort of 20 years? That is
1: vintage. Has to be. Vintage Wong Cup winner. And Elvina is actually um, started with Gay Waterhouse and is from a deep Hamdan family. I don't... Well... Got to add to the page. I'll tell you, Shake Hamdan wasn't there. (laughs) May he rest in peace. But I don't don't even think Shake Hissa would have... I mean, I'm sure she was watching because they'd be very interested to see where their horses go after life at Shadwell. And this one's gone on to great things. Elvina winning a Towong Cup. There you go. So that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine cups. What a weekend! And Canberra tops the lot of them. Canberra over Auckland. Sounds about right. But honor, big honorary mention, I think, to
0: Towong because that's that's vintage. Yeah, I'm still getting over. They've been racing there that long.
1: Oh, I can barely remember the first one. That is just so exciting. I'm on. I'm on duty again here. You are. But I was quite taken by Brave Mead, cracking little son of Brave Smash. And I I haven't looked yet. You've been dragging up markets. Can you drag up a market for the Anzac Day Stakes? Bear with me. (laughs) That's a no, isn't it? Uh, Ring your bookmakers and find out what price they're penciling this thing up. Brave Mead. That's a good idea. Won at Pakenham. Yeah, actually, God, don't tell them. (laughs) Brave Mead won at Pakenham last Thursday night. We're going all the way back to Thursday to find uh, the exciting horse from the weekend. If you include New Zealand, he just tips out of the top five two-year-old winners from the weekend. Steel City, Shinzo, Tokyo Tycoon. Good winner. Good winner. So that's 108. V8, 106. Autumn Ballet, 106. Brave Mead, 96. So he's a ways back, but he's only winning a pack and a maiden and winning it by a space and do you know who won a pack and a maiden as a two-year-old by Space before going on to win the Anzac Day Stakes?
0: Brave Smash. <laughs> oh, that would have been better. <laughs> 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 no, Merchant Navy for Kieran Ma. Big improvement, one run to the next two, wasn't it? For he, I obviously he, from the debut, he
1: ran. I think he had a stopgap in between, and Brave Mead may as well. He might stop by Sandown and and have a little tweener as well. But no, oh, as soon as I saw that, I thought, well, wow, this is. I went straight to, you know, get straight online, straight to the bookies and find who's doing futures doubles, Fernhill, the years, Brave Mead and the Anzac Day Stakes. And none of them had it up. They're lazy these days. They're lazy. But Brave Mead, pretty exciting. And Brave Smash, would you say so? No, not surprising. He was a really good racehorse, but he has made a bit of a start as a two-year-old sire.
0: That surprises me. He's
1: out of a Galileo mare as
0: well. So this is this is all 3 year old yeah, they've been up and about early. He hasn't had many runners. You'll be happy to know Brave Mead now sits second as the best son of Brave Smash, obviously Brave Halo, top of that list. But with the limited number of horses that he's had to the races, ratings-wise, doing a really good job.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's true. That is true. And Brave Mead will be second one to go through. It'll go through 100 for sure, I would say. This This is warm. This is a very nice taboo, as I said. <laughs> I might be laying it on a bit thick pretending he's Merchant Navy, but I, he might be. He hasn't done anything to say he really is Merchant Navy, but he's done nothing to say he isn't either. Correct. So that's the trick there. That is the trick.
0: You briefly touched on it earlier in regards to Steel City running faster than learning to fly. How did Shinzo spit out? Just normal for a Pago Pago.
1: Yeah, so he's uh, well, he's really nice horse, but I don't think – I think Ryan Moore is coming down to run fifth. Would that be a fair, you feel, about about that? Yeah. Yeah. As a general rule, it's interesting. So the Magic Knight, you could be fooled for thinking that there's a there's something really advantageous in the seven-day backup from the Magic Knight because the Phillies who are, if you split the Magic Knight into good winners and the not-so-good winners, and Steel City fits right in the good winners up there with Sunlight and Tulip and, well, Kiyomichi to some extent and there was another one whose name escapes me. Oh, Bring Me the Maid. So they ran, between them, I think they ran third, third, third and won a slipper. So you'd be thinking, gee, this is, this seven day backup caper, this is, this is really, you know, it's a thing, thing, there's something in this. But then when you look at the Colt, you'd expect then if it was the seven day backup or the, you know, if there was any real reason for that, other than the fact that those fillies are all good fillies, it'd be that, you know, you'd see a similar trend through the Colts but you don't. Written by was, written by and Cosmic Force were the best two winners of the Pago Pago. So Oh, and all too hard. He didn't run in it and... The other two ran no better in the slipper. In fact, Cosmic Force went words. So it only works if Philly's back up. <laughs> it's at about that point that I think we're overfitting things. Yes, but it it looks pretty good to me. The, the quick backup and Steel City was, yeah, that's a that's a good figure. So to me, she's she's leap leapt straight over the top of learning to fly there and is a pretty tremendous chance and probably the
0: biggest danger to Cylinder. I think. Yeah, double the price. After the barrier draw this morning, Cylinder into 5-2, to 12-1 for Steel City. Learning to fly is 5-1. 12-1? To one. To one. Mm. Can't win from out there, mate. Oh, that's funny because you can. <laughs> <laughs> and King's Gambit, 7-1. to one.
1: If you look at the barriers, if you look at the stats from the barriers, you'll see a slight... So lower draws have a slight advantage based on impact, but then if you... What drives winning is beating other horses home in the race, stripping it down to a more basic level. And if you try and measure for any effect in terms of percentage of runners beaten, you'll find a flat line. So there really is, if there's an advantage to being drawn low, over the Rose Hill 1200, it's it's small. So small. Anyway, I don't know if the, I don't think the owners of Steel City, you know, you're telling me they walked away from Sandown think, thinking they were wrapped that they drew well. And they're, just, they're really worried about being drawn outside them this time, are they? I think they were going there. They would have gone to the uh, slipper barrier draw just praying to be drawn out,
0: wouldn't they? I think it is funny that Shinzo is now priced inside Steel City because after Saturday's results, no way.
1: Yeah, that is that is interesting. Oh, so that, is that all barrier?
0: Yeah, okay. No, I'd, And Red Resistance also, I disagree. who was single figures, is now 10 to 1. Yeah,
1: no, admittedly if you narrow it down to just Golden Slippers you'd swim it in very noisy waters but they basically just scattergun the barriers that come to the fore in Golden Slippers. There's no pattern there, there's nothing there to say that low draws are advantaged. So it must be one of the most talked about and yet non-existent variables in the game.
0: I think it's great for the race that they've drawn out. Red Resistance and Steel City both drawn out the speed horses in the race. Bring it on. Not that the slipper is never high yeah, pressure. Kind of,
1: yeah. I think the the barrier draws is at the five million
0: bucks at the finish that ensures a good pace in a slipper. <laughs> I think it just adds to people doing their form though. Red Resistance and Steel off the weekend Steel City's performance had to be a huge chance. Now drawn wide. I've got, got, a a, got a bit of a bee in my bonnet as well in
1: backing horses out of the Blue Diamond to win this. To win the Golden Slipper, because what, what you'll hear again this week is that the Blue Diamond is not the leader, you know, is a terrible slipper leader because no horse has won it since Sepoy, who followed Crystal Lily and several others. But there's only been, in, I think it's 12 years now since Sepoy. Does that make you feel old? 12 years <laughs> since Seapoy, yeah. It was very different when Sepoy did it as well. The timings have changed and things, yeah. But it's. Um, I think it's
0: easier now than when he did it.
1: Well, yeah, you had to run in between back then. You had a little tweener. And he ran flat and got knocked off in the best Todman you'll ever see as well. That was Smart Missile on Foxwood. That was a great race. There's only been two years anyway in that dozen since where the Blue Diamond hasn't thrown up a place getter in the slipper. So if you keep smashing place getters in, this is like expected goals in, in soccer. If you if you keep hitting the crossbar with good shots, you will it's actually more predictive of future success than the goals themselves because there's an element of luck in the goals. But if you keep smashing in seconds and thirds, which they do, they're on average, you know, they have a place, they have nearly two place getters on average or something over a dozen years from the Blue Diamond. Like it's been a terrific Just reference. no winners. Just no winners. And so people just count the winners and say it's a bad guy. And the two years where they didn't have a place getter was last year, Dormier ran fourth and Jack and O' 06th and Guelph ran fourth as well. So the two years where they've missed, they've finished fourth. So it's actually, I think, I remember measuring this, it was something like only the Todman and the Silver Slipper had actually been better golden slipper guides than the blue diamond it makes sense because if you want to find the winner of a group one over 1200 meters for two-year-olds a really good place to go looking for one is in a group one over 1200 meters for two-year-olds and it's really if you want your horse to be really good at running in a golden slipper it's a good idea to run in a race that's like the golden slipper like a 1200 meter group one for two-year-olds with a big field and a bit of pressure and a bit of hurly burly. and maybe this year maybe it's even accentuated by the fact that the slipper trials certainly the todman and the Riesling were small fields right well, it really hurts Steel City's chances. It's <laughs> it's ruined it. Well she wasn't, yeah. I mean she'll she'll run for my blue diamond numbers, but um she didn't really run in the blue diamond in the end, did she?
0: She ran a fair way. <laughs> she was there. She she attended. She yeah. was there. I think comfortably the best race on the Australian calendar, the slipper. You got all comers, no one dodges all the lead-ups and the beauty of it is you're going to have many differing opinions which is what makes the game the best there is. Yeah. I was at, the slipper is Sydney's race, isn't it? Oh, a I love the country don- probably, I
1: love the Doncaster oh. more, but I always remember like as a kid the slipper was um the bet, like the betting and the slipper was ferocious and it was probably it still is. Yeah, and it's it is because of that. No one ducks, you've got to go. Everyone goes from every form line.
0: All the winners are
1: there. Yeah, all the winners are there. So more races like that, the better. Anyway, I'm also looking forward to the split rider all-star mile. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Imagine if
0: you put the two together on the same day. Wouldn't that be special? Oh, all of a
1: sudden you would have that. I mean, I know we've loosely seen a bit of it, but I would love 1500 Rose Hill to see Alligator Blood v Anemo right now. Oh, yeah. Because that's all of a sudden – you can bet there. Yeah. In fact, I had a guess at how they'd price it. I'd probably happily get stuck right into the Alligator to give him something to chase. Because if he's not on, he catch him.
0: Yep. Mm. Unfortunately, Alas. We <laughs> Unfortunately, we won't see it. We'll be back with the Punish preamble on Thursday. Plenty to look at coming up with Slipper Day and the All Star Mile at the Valley.